Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me, as always, your wonderful co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. Welcome, Kirk. I am your other co-host, Cam. And we are here on a Monday night, July 25th, 2022. Back at you again. What's poppin'? Popcorn for breakfast. We're here. We're here. And we have so much to discuss. We, you know, Comic-Con happened. You may have heard of it if you were. Yeah. I don't know, Kirk. Did you hear about that? Comic-Con? What is this Comic-Con? Here's the thing. You would think conventional wisdom would tell you that it's a convention about comic books but you yeah. would be wrong kirk you'd be dead wrong as far as i'm concerned it's a straight up movie convention these days it's a movie convention uh, because superheroes and superhero movies and comic book adaptations and all kinds of things like that are are mainstream media at this point it's no longer nerd culture it's mainstream culture and it mm. is the biggest deal on the block and so comic-con has been taken over by Marvel and DC and all of these big studios who are now making films. So, because they be selling them tickets. That's right. Like billion dollars, billion dollars, billion dollars, billion dollars. That's how Marvel does business. I just saw mm-hmm. that Thor Love and Thunder crossed 600 million at the global box office, um, which is pretty good. It's getting close to Doctor Strange. I, I don't know. Doctor Strange. Last I checked was like $24,000 away from a billion or something in the global box office. Um, so it's probably surpassed it by now. That's been a few days, but um, congrats. No, nothing like we've seen with Spider-Man No Way Home and, and some of the other big Marvel releases so far. But Marvel is certainly the big name here when we're talking about Comic-Con. And I know we've been talking a ton about Marvel with Thor Love and Thunder Review was two weeks ago. Then last week was our 200th episode in our Comic-Con preview slash state of the MCU big discussion. And today we're talking more Marvel because even though there are other studios and other things happening at Comic-Con that get revealed, like what's going on with DC, like it's nothing compared to (laughs) what what Marvel is now consistently doing at San Diego Comic-Con. DC's like... Hey, we got League of Super Pets coming out next week. And also, here's a Shazam trailer. And Marvel's like, here's our plan to take over the world for the rest of forever. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, there was this incredible, incredible entry by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And Mm -hmm. then he must have just felt so thwarted uh, minutes later, like minutes later. Yeah, I mean, uh, and the Shazam trailer is good. I mean, I don't know if we'll get a chance to talk about it. I'm excited about it. We've already talked about the Black Adam trailer, and I know there was a little bit more Black Adam content um, coming out. And obviously, there you know, there's there's the Predator prequel, Prey, which got a screening at Comic Con to to massive applause. There are other things happening, but the the bottom line is that like there are those things here ish, and Marvel's like like it's just it's not close. They're in a totally different stratosphere, and That's I right. think. You and I both hope that there will be other things like Marvel in the future. We we've, we have all, we have always hoped that DC would be able to get their act together and put together a really good film franchise or you know any number of other comic book franchises being able to do the same thing. But the point is, right now it's Marvel and and that's all there is. They're like they're, it's not even 
a discussion. So rooting for DC, Shazam looks good. DC League of Super Pets comes out this weekend. That looks good. Um, Does it? Well, I mean, it it looks like an animated kids movie. It could be good. Um, It could be good. I'm I'm, I'm keeping up in mind. I think it could be good, but we'll see. I, I really do. Maybe, I mean, I could be wrong, but I really do feel like it could be good. Anyway, then there's Marvel. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And hopefully you guys aren't Marveled out because I know we've been talking about it a lot. I promise there is some non-Marvel content coming very soon. Uh, in fact, we're reviewing The Gray Man this week, which is on Netflix. So there's your warning. That's your homework. Go watch it now. Kirk, did you watch it? I have watched it. Okay, great. Because we're reviewing it this week. And that's not Marvel, though the Russo brothers did direct it. And Chris and Evans, Chris Evans is starring is in, in it. But it's not no. Marvel, I promise. It's not. <laughs> Kirk, it's not Marvel, right? Did we did we get tricked? Is it? I think we did. Oh, I think geez. we did. This is a multiverse of Captain America <laughs> where he's gone rogue and decided that he wants to kill anyone that crosses his path. At the end, they're like, the gray man returns in the gray, will return, or <laughs> they rip off a piece of duct tape. And it's like, Marvel Studios, the gray man. Uh, no, that did not happen, but... I promise we're turning the corner, but first we have to talk about this panel. Kirk was whining and dining on his anniversary weekend while Marvel was dropping bombs like you would not believe, like it was a war zone in Hall H and San Diego Comic-Con. And here's the thing, Kirk. Yeah. This isn't even their full arsenal. Do you feel like like there's more coming, right? Soon. Oh, absolutely. We He had... The entire phase six, all the dates lined up and only told us about the beginning and the end, right? Well, yeah, because how could, so like, we'll talk about all the titles, but how can you tell us the end of phase six right? and the beginning all of the phase dates, six? Look back at that image. All the dates were there. All the dates were there from between Fantastic Four and the end of the end of time. And, uh, and he was just itching to tell us. He said, there'll be more announcements later. I wonder when, yeah. wink. Wink, wink, wink. That yeah, a horrifying wink. If you're watching on, <laughs> I'm not a good winker either. So I don't, I, I'm not judging you, but I feel like I'm a pretty good winker. But maybe there's like an hour of the day when your face gets too swollen, yeah. from all the sodium you've consumed. I'm just, I'm just speaking from my own experience. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a like notoriously terrible winker. So hold on, let's wink at the same time for the screenshot. Ready? One, two, three. Wink. Got it. I looked left one more time. I'm going to look directly at the camera. (laughs) Okay. Ready? Set. (laughs) One, two, three. That was, that's the best you're going to get out of me, but that's good. um, I hope, I hope I look like an absolute monster when you grab that screenshot. I I will make sure you look as bad as possible. That's always my goal. (laughs) And I usually, I, I almost never succeed because you're like Barney Stinson. You're just like so photogenic. And yet I try every time, but The winking that he's alluding to is Disney's D23 Expo, which very recently turned from, you know, uh, just like your run-of-the-mill Disney convention to, like, huge newsmaking event. And that happened probably a couple years ago. I think it was was similar to how they did Comic-Con in 2019 where they named all the movies, and then at at D23 they named, like, all these shows that were coming out. Um, Right. So that we were, we were expecting more at D23, but what they gave us was in no way, in my opinion, like totally scaled back. Yes. We're expecting some of the bigger things that we haven't heard anything about X-Men also 
Fantastic Four casting, but they revealed some new projects. They revealed some new actors and characters, and they revealed what the end of this series of phases will be. So without further ado, Kirk, I think we got we to gotta get into it. Pop it up. Here we go. You are officially invited to this week's episode of What's Poppin'. There we go. And what they're calling it, and I threw this together real quickly. It's, prob- it's probably ugly on the stream, but no, basically no, what they're calling this now and what Kevin Feige referred to it as um, in Hall H is the Multiverse Saga. Now, it's worth noting, this was not live streamed. The only people who really saw what happened in that room were the people who were in the room. Like, no, like there was no live stream. There's no bootleg leaks. There's a couple of short videos out there you can watch. But really, everything we know is coming straight from either Marvel themselves through their Twitter account and Facebook account or from uh, press that were at the event. So here's what we know. They have unveiled what they're calling the Multiverse Saga. If you remember correctly, phases one, two, three later on in life were were referred to as the Infinity Saga and are henceforth known as the Infinity Saga for now until eternity. This set of three phases is the Multiverse Saga. And it will end, Kirk, at the end of 2025, which I think is very interesting, Kirk. Are you at all surprised by that? And, And just for context for people listening, the Infinity Saga was long, 11 years. You know, it was it was 2008 to 2019. This is the Multiverse Saga. If it runs its course the way that they've outlined it, will run from 2021 to 2025. 2025. Yeah, yeah, that's quick. That's quick, right? So the resources of Marvel Studios has obviously exploded. So that's a reason why they're able to do this. They're able to crave and feed the uh, the people that we are now, which uh, for better or for worse, we, uh, we have no patience whatsoever. True. I mean, we have been guesstimating every possible outcome like a Rubik's Cube, what would become of what they would reveal to us? Like, is it going to be this combination? It's going to be that combination trying to crack the code and none of us, not a single person was correct on what level of items that they that they revealed at, at this particular event. Uh, I think it's it's very fast. It's very fast. And again, we have all the volume. I, I wish there was a little bit more time like Let's see. When, what year did Phase Four begin? Do we know? Do we have a, a lock on that? Twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Right, because Far okay. From Home was technically the last Phase Three movie. Right, and that came out in twenty nineteen. And right. then there were no Marvel movies until Black Widow, which was twenty twenty one. Right. Okay. So twenty twenty one to twenty twenty five. Four years. All of this content. I mean, that's a lot to take in. It's a yes. lot to take in. Um, I, I wish I had at least two more years on it, if I was being honest. So you feel like this is potentially a bad strategic move, or are you just speaking personally? Like, do you think do you think that they needed to be longer for the fans? Like, do you think that the longevity of the first three phases is part of what gives it its gusto? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, uh, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, you know, we were only cranking out two Marvel movies a year uh, at that at that rate before. Right. 
And now we've got over like 15 properties already released in phase four with only what, two to go. So that's pretty intense. That's a pretty fast timeline. I mean, I still go back to one of one of my film uh, teachers, mentors, Mr. Zachary Rogers has not seen like barely any of, of phase four. Yeah. Um, and I think he even missed a couple of phase three items, you know, not to throw them under the bus, but there's so much that's out there for anyone. It's hard to catch up on unless you literally do this for an unpaid reason every week like us. I think that yeah. you're going to miss some stuff. It's going to be it's going to be difficult. So uh, the only way that I think that it makes up for itself is if in phase seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever the, the makeup is, is that if they stretch them out again, because this does make sense, this multiverse saga to make it so rapid fire because they're all potentially happening at once they're happening in different potentially multiverses that we may or may not find out uh so that's a possibility that's a very real possibility yeah and i think i I agree with you i think i feel like what marvel's trying to do really is make it so that the movies are still big events and that Mm -hmm. the movies drive the shows and not vice versa i think they know that people are going to miss things and that when they do miss it they're hoping that a tie-in from a movie can drive people back to the shows and get them to Disney Plus to drive it. Whereas like, I think people thought before, or at least I did, that the shows were a strategy to drive the movies. But I think it's actually, I think they're reverse engineering that. I Good think call. they're using the movies to drive traffic to Disney Plus so that people watch the shows. Um, because if you look at the shows that are on here, these are still lesser characters right like these like these still are not main events echo new character secret invasion lots of like shield agents there will be big characters but it's not going to be a major i mean it'll be big but it's not the same level of events as like ant-man quantumania right ironheart new character agatha house of harkness continuation of a smaller character um so the shows are still smaller in scale but I think that the movies will help drive traffic to the show, and that's what they're kind of, kind of hoping for. But let's let's get into this, Kirk. Let's break it down because I think you might be on the right track in terms of what made the first three phases special is was kind of how long they were, and I think also the scale, the fact that they were all movies building on each other. But let's talk about what we know about these next three phases, yes, and the release dates and all the details, and then we'll get into it from there. So the first big news of the night, Kirk was Kevin Feige, to, to my surprise, actually, declaring that Phase 4 is over at the end of this year. What what we know about coming out this year are She-Hulk and Wakanda Forever, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. After that, Feige says, boom, Phase 4 is done. That's the end of it. That was a surprise to me. Um, the only two actual trailers that Marvel released in conjunction with the San Diego Comic-Con uh, were She-Hulk trailers and the She-Hulk trailer which is the second trailer we've gotten for that show, as well as mm-hmm. the first teaser trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So I'm going to add the She-Hulk trailer to the screen so we can kind of see it. Kirk, in this trailer, we get a couple of things. First of all, we get a much more detailed-looking CGI She-Hulk who appears to be present in a lot of the show. Like It's yes. not one of these situations like Moon Knight, where it's largely Oscar Isaac and then every once in a while, or it's largely Mark Spector and then every once in a while, it's it's Moon Knight. Like, this feels like she's in 
She-Hulk form for a lot of it, which is a surprise, given that she's an all-She-Hulk character. We get a ton of Bruce Banner, Mark Ruffalo, Professor Hulk, Hulk, whatever you want to call him. And then we also get heavy hints to there being a lot of cameos in this show. Kirk, what what are your reaction? What's your reaction after seeing this trailer, knowing that we are a month away, just a little over a month away from this show? How are you feeling about it now? Yeah, I think I felt better with the first trailer. Oh, okay. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I felt more comfortable with that cut. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm at a loss for words because I was, I was, oh, I was, you know, on the fence initially, bought in with trailer number one, and I'm a little, I'm a little off put by by trailer number two because there's there's so many things they're throwing at us, and again reminding myself that it is only six episodes, it really messes with my head of what is going to happen, uh, what's the core storyline, how does this come together. There's just my mind is racing at this point, absolutely racing. Um, the CGI looks great. I will say it. Uh, it. It absolutely looks really, really awesome. I I just don't know the tone of this series is very hard to get a grip on. Yeah, and so on that point, Kevin Feige did describe the show at Comic Con as their first true thirty-minute situational comedy on. Disney Plus with within the MCU. So they view this as a sitcom. It's meant to be lighter on tone. I would say as the only thing we can really comp it to at this point would be Miss Marvel, though I don't think tonally it's going to be the same as that either. But I would imagine something lighter, something funny, something or something that leans funny and something that's just overall they're trying to set up a character. They're trying to do it in a fun, approachable way. They're trying to tap into a different genre. Uh, yeah. You know, this isn't uncommon from what they've done with some of the other shows to try to like play off of different genre tropes that exist in television today. This is like your, you know, your your Franklin and Bash, your your like kind of Ally McBeal type of show. Um, so I think I think people do need to be prepared for that. But I also think. This will have a lot of implications because like from, from this trailer, what I'm getting, and this is very true to the comics as well, is like they are, you know, whatever institution is creating a team, a legal team to help with cases relating to superhuman people. And they want Jennifer Walters to head up that team. So I expect, you know, we see Wong in the trailer. We obviously see Tim Roth as Abomination, um, you know, Corporal Blonsky or, or Lieutenant Blonsky or whatever his name yep. is. Um, so that's going to be a core storyline. But I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if there are more characters popping in. Obviously, we see Daredevil at the very end of the trailer. Not a surprise with Matt Murdock being an attorney as his profession. But I would expect even more cameos than that in this show. And I think that they are really trying to, with this show, drive home like you need to be watching the shows because anything can happen. There can be crazy stuff. So I'm hoping that this is the show where they really show us that like the big name guys can appear like Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is in this show. Other people like nothing is off limits in the show and they finally make the shows like 
must-watch television. I think that's where they need right, to get to. Right. I think uh, it'd be a disservice if Jessica Jones does not show up yes. in this one. At least in a if she if there's not enough time for her in the main storyline, that's fine because there's so much else going on. But she's got to be in a post-credit scene on the second to, first, second to last, or last episode was where they like to put them if they do them in in this the TV series shows. So I feel like she deserves to be in here to be crammed in there somewhere. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I feel like I feel I feel more excited about it after this trailer. So I, I'm getting a different read, but mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's it's very different from the first trailer. You definitely get a different yeah. vibe for better or worse. Um, so we'll see what happens. Well, see, Cameron, I don't like I don't like joy. I don't like humor. I like I know. Um, sadness and drama and um, loss of all hope. I think that's why I really liked the first one. There was a sense of she's going to die at the end of this. Right. And now it just seems like she's going on dates. You're like, like what? what? We're having fun? We're, we're enjoying there's, ourselves? There should be no there's fun. There's no fun in the multiverse. That's the stakes right. are so high. The stakes are too high. So you're right, Kirk. I need to I need to get real. I need to get serious about this. Um, and then the other trailer that they showed is the trailer that has taken over social media um, for the better part of 48 hours at this point, which is the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer that I will show now. Um, this one totally floored me. I'll just give my opinion first on it. Totally floored me. First of all, visually, I think Ryan Coogler is just totally in his bag on this film. I think it looks amazing. Uh, you know, the first Black Panther looked amazing. So that's not that's not a surprise, but definitely a new aesthetic flavor to this film in general. Lots of new forces at work here. Tons of characters returning. Um, was stoked to see, obviously, um, Denai Guerrera as Okoye. You know, Winston Duke as M'Baku. Letitia Wright as Shuri. Um, you know, all of them. N- Nakia uh, Lupita Nyong'o. I mean, just so many mm-hmm. characters, and then as well as the the new characters. But the question has been since the horribly tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman: How do you make a Black Panther movie without Black Panther? I think what Chadwick Boseman meant to the MCU and <laughs> larger culture and society, honestly, after his performance yeah. as Black Panther, cannot be understated. It was simply massive. And so this this movie is insanely ambitious. But I think what they're kind of showing here is that this is a story about grief. This is about this isn't trying to say that you know T'Challa is gone and we're moving on. This is like we have to deal with that. And this movie is about dealing with that. And you know, still you get lots of the flash. This isn't going to be a sad mopey dopey type of movie. But the, the presence of T'Challa will very much be felt in this movie, as well as, you know, the same things we've come to love about Wakanda and their world, um, including some new characters, uh, Namor being uh, played by Tanakh Huerta, um, Riri Williams by Dominique Thorne, and Anika by Emmy Award winner Michaela Cole. So the movie is, has a stacked cast. It looks incredible. Kirk, what was your reaction to this trailer when you saw it on Saturday night? Yeah, the, the piece that keeps sticking with me is that they are all wearing white in what is seemingly the funeral of T'Challa. Like yes. The, uh, it's actually very sobering. It's 
it feels like a celebration. You know exactly what that is. They are dancing. They're all together. There's a sadness, but there's a joy of him going to to live into uh, their their eternal afterlife. It's really, really spectacular. And if that scene that that's the core of all of this of how to move on how to move on well kind of forever right like that is such a powerful statement like things that we have uh, uh things that we lose and and what do we what do we carry with us uh, of those that that it that we do lose what, what what we lose from that what loss we suffer from how do we pick it up carry it with us and move forward and fight and i think that's such an it's it's like an almost like an archetype storyline but it's you put that specifically with every element of what this is and it becomes all that more powerful this is a movie that's going to be more transcendent than than anyone could ever describe i think in like 50 years when some kid discovers this movie like well this is a really good movie and then like their grandparent like us they'll be like listen son let me tell you the story about chadwick boseman like it's going to be pretty spectacular for for someone who isn't alive right now to know everything else that went into this. Much like older movies, classic movies that we discover, uh, the full heart of what went on with it. But this is gonna be a really powerful punch, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, I think, I mean, well said, but I think what's crazy is that where the story of Black Panther left us and where the story of the first three phases left us is really in an interesting place for Wakanda because first of all we got to see the Wakandan afterlife in Black Panther 1 which they could have had no idea what would possibly transpire from there on but it does provide a level of closure with regard to the character that with T'Challa being gone we know that he is in a place resting with the kings and we know what that looks like and can visualize it but also um a lot of that story was about T'Challa trying to urge his people that Wakanda eventually has to come out of hiding. They have things to offer the world and they need to know how to cope with that. Um, and this is very much the world coming into Wakanda and people learning about Wakanda and those things colliding. And now they have to deal with it without T'Challa. I think that's going to be a really, really compelling story, and I'm excited about all of our new characters. Obviously, Namor has long been rumored to appear in this film. We yes. knew Dominique Thor, Thorne's uh, Riri Williams would appear in this film, but we did not know that Namor would appear, and we got the casting announcement of Tanakh Huerta, as well as Michaela Cole, who was long rumored, who will be playing Anika. Kirk, how do you feel like the cast of this movie is shaping up, and how do you feel about the introduction of Riri Williams as, you know, eventually Ironheart, as well as uh, Namor in this film. I, I keep missing where she is in this trailer. <laughs> I've seen the screenshot a hundred times, but it's so quick. I've missed it a hundred times every time I've watched this, because every time I start watching it, I get lost in Wakanda. Like I just get yes. lost in the characters that I do know and Namor, of course. So I think that I, th- these are perfect introductions uh, Wakanda is a place of, of magic, but also, you know, technology, you know, and and using those towards um, as resources to better their world. So it's perfect for Ironheart um, and perfect for Namor to come in as, as a mystical land that no one would expect 
to be able to do incredible things and uh, introducing that, and there she is, introducing that into here. I think it's also a great film to make that introduction. Uh, and you gotta wonder, like, did did Kevin Feige say, hey, we need to introduce these characters in your movie? Or was Ryan Coogler like, hey, I want this person and this person? Like, what? I, I wonder what that conversation was like, right? Like, yeah. hey, I really need to enhance my story by grabbing this storyline and this storyline, or, you're going to write Wakanda forever, but you have to do this. Like I, I do, I do question that either way. It's really a, a great, fantastic marriage altogether. Well, I do know that years ago there was this legendary meeting of the minds between mm-hmm. all of the directors where Ryan Coogler was there and James Gunn was there and the Russo brothers were there and they were talking about how can we build these films in a way that they connect to each other? What characters do we need to tie in? So it could have been either. I know that Marvel studios really values Ryan Coogler's creative input and I know that Ryan Coogler is a student of the game and knows how to tell a story um, so yeah it could have it could have come from either way but it's shaping up to be compelling one last question on Wakanda forever before we move on to phases five and six who the heck is wearing the Black Panther <laughs> suit Kirk who is it who's in there I really want it to be Lupita I really do Ooh, yeah Nakia as Lupita Nyong'o oh man because Nakia would have been the queen right she would have been yes her. yeah so to be able to pass that on to her is like Ooh. super powerful because you know she's not going in and helping the tech of these suits that's just not her strong suit so keep Sheree building out the amazing things because yes. that's her passion and give her a suit too if she wants one. I mean, she deserves it if she wants to. Like, if we want two of them running alongside, let's go. Uh, but I, I, I really wanted to be Lupita in that suit. She's such a great actor. It would be, we would all be blessed to have Lupita as the new Black Panther. But could it be Michael B? Could could it be Killmonger in there? I have studied Michael B. Jordan's butt for the better half <laughs> of. <laughs> Clip it. Three decades, and uh, that's not his butt. It's not his. That is not the butt. Okay, (laughs) you heard it here first, folks. I mean, we can't confirm it, but we can we can rule him out. So, yeah, let's. I mean, I was. I mean, I would be thrilled if it was, but I would not at all be mad if it was Lupita Nyong'o. I'm I'm surprised that anybody's wearing the suit in this film, to be quite honest with you. But the poster very much. You know, the new poster they unveiled is is the helmet and the the necklace, you know? So, right. like, they are heavily alluding to somebody else is going to step into um, this suit and God help them because I, I that's that's crazy. And I, I didn't know they were going to go that route. Obviously, they would never recast T'Challa. They've said that since day one. Um, but I didn't know that they would go with a different Black Panther. I think we sort of assumed that at the beginning, but as time went on, I just didn't know that the, you know they didn't necessarily have to have a Black Panther in a Black Panther movie, but that's that's the route they're going. So right. we'll see. All right, Kirk, we're out of phase four. We're into the future. And many of these things we knew about, but some of these things we didn't. So I want to go one by one through the things. Now, some of these things they just talked about at Comic-Con, but other things um, they they really got into and showed footage that we do not have access to. Those things are Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. They were shown a trailer for that that you know they have not released yet. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, there's a trailer for that out there. They showed clips from Secret Invasion. We have not seen any of that. Um, 
and I believe that is it as far as they have shown so far. Um, mm-hmm. So that stuff is all out there. So let's start with those three. First up, we're going to talk Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which releases February 17th of next year and will be the beginning of Phase 3 uh, or Phase 5. So many things that we heard were things we were expecting. First of all, Kang the Conqueror featuring as the main villain. This is something we've known about since... 2020. I mean, 20, 2019, 2020, this, this, that was the first time we heard about Jonathan Majors coming into the fold as King. Right. Um, so this is his movie. Kirk, they say he's wearing the original costume, the green and purple. Okay. His skin oh. is not blue, so he will look more like he who remains and that he is extremely menacing in the trailer. Um, yeah. He, there's a line that a bunch of people were quoting who were there that, you're an Avenger. Have I killed you before? So um, that's pretty epic. Also, Modok, Kirk, Modok will be appearing yeah. in this movie. A comic, what's described as a comic book accurate Modok, which I don't know if everyone's familiar with Modok, but look him up and begin to ponder how that will look <laughs> in live action in the MCU. Um, other things revealed Catherine Newton's uh, Cassie Lang. They've recasted the role of Cassie Lang. Catherine Newton in full costume as Stinger, which is uh, another variant of the Ant-Man Wasp uh, superhero group, and she is mm-hmm. also a young Avenger. And then finally, Bill Murray. Bill Murray will also be in this film, which was rumored, um, but I didn't know if it was for real, and it is. So reacting to all of that insane news, Kirk, how are you feeling about Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania? Well, first of all, I was upset that Bill Murray wasn't playing Modoc. To be perfectly honest, do we that know that he's not? I feel. I, mean, I guess they would tell us. They would say. They would say like, Bill Murray is Modoc. Like the people who were there. Right, right. Unless he turns into Modoc, but I feel like someone knows like what that is. Yes. Um, I showed my wife a picture of Modoc. She had never heard of him before. I said, "Hey, this is going to be an Ant Man and the Wasp." I think she said something to the effect of, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> rude, rude. Modoc has so, uh, history. He has history. He is a long-standing comic book supervillain, one of the best. But he also is like. I don't know. Like He's insane looking. Weirdest. He's totally one insane. Of the weirdest. Yeah. Like when when that boy pops up in like Disney Infinity when you're playing on the on whatever kind of console that is, he's horrifying. It's always so like, shocking. Yes. Yeah. So I I, I love how creepy uh, Jonathan Majors is in this trailer that we haven't seen. There's a slight half bootleg online if you sneak around. Uh-oh. Uh, but you can't really see anything. You just like see his eyes. And then he kept he kept getting interviewed, of course, at Comic Con, and he was super mysterious, as if he's like trying to maintain uh, a try to stay in character a little bit, like it's still like living with him a little bit as act as it can with actors. So he's super kind of creepy and kind of uh, intimidating in, in his interviews. And B, he's like horrified that he's going to say the wrong thing. <laughs> in yeah. fact, someone came up to him and they're like, "Hey, we heard um, it's called Avengers King of." the King dynasty. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and someone had to show them a picture with like a stamp from Marvel studios. Like it is called the King. Dynasty. <laughs> he's so scared. <laughs> he's like, I don't be Tom Holland. Don't be Tom. Holland, They're don't all be Tom so Holland. scared, dude. Every single clip you see, like, like Brandon Davis, who works for comicbook.com, He was there interviewing everybody on like the post show. And yeah. they were like, he, he would just say basic things that they like saw in hall H. He'd be like, so you were in costume and Catherine Newton be like, 
Wait, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, it was. It was in the trailer, <laughs> right? Okay, I can say I that. <laughs> in costume? <laughs> they are so terrified, man. It's like that. Like they think the KGB is going to come get them if they share too much. It's insane. Like um, Kevin Foggy whispers in their ear every time, like, yeah. yes, you can say that. Don't you dare. Yeah, like, dude, when I, when I met Stan Lee at St. Louis yeah. Comic-Con, he had a dude who was in his ear the whole time who would be like, yes, you can answer this question. No, you can't. Like he legit had yeah. a guy, and that was like early stages of the MCU, like way early stages. So that's pretty bananas. But the coolest. My takeaway from this is that Quantum Mania is going to be an absolute event. You know, they are going to be rolling out Ant Man as one of the the heavy hitters of the MCU. Um, this will be the third Ant Man film, which is definitely a milestone for any Marvel superhero. Not many heroes have reached that mark, you know, if you think about it. So this is a big deal. And I think that this being our formal introduction to Kang is going to be insane. Obviously, we met He Who Remains in Loki. Um, I'm expecting big things from this movie. I'm expecting the kickoff of the Young Avengers, all sorts of things. So I think it's going to be totally nuts. Um, Secret Invasion is the television show that's kicking off spring of next year. And it is... Basically, if you've read Secret Invasion in the comics or you don't know about it, it's sort of this scroll invasion uh, where, you know, as we've seen, we've seen the scrolls in the MCU and they're constantly taking on different forms. You know, Nick Fury was up in space while um, Talos was down on Earth pretending to be Nick Fury for the longest time. So it introduces all kinds of different things. Um, Kobe Smulders is returning in this to play to reprise her role as Maria Hill and she actually kicked off the secret invasion thriller uh, or trailer and people were describing it who were in the arena as sort of you know a very claustrophobic political thriller very dark um, who do you trust who do you not trust type of thing so it sounds like it's off to an interesting start and other notes about secret invasion are that um Olivia Coleman is in this, which we have known for a little while, but we didn't yes. know who she was playing. And she is playing a uh, someone who has worked with um, Nick Fury in the past. Someone who is an, like a, an old ally, maybe an old member of Shield or before it was Shield, something like that. And then His we also babysitter. His babysitter when he was a child could be. We also know that uh, Don Cheadle will be reprising his role as War Machine in this show so should be an interesting one but we don't know much else about that the next big film that they kicked off was guardians of the galaxy volume 3 and most of the cast was there with the exception of zoe saldana vin diesel and uh bradley cooper but you know most of the main guardians were there besides that and it was very emotional as james gunn was definitively saying this is the end you know, this is the end for the Guardians. And he was clear to say, you know, that doesn't mean that everybody dies, but this is the end of the Guardians story in the MCU. Um, the trailer is apparently insane. It's it's close to coming out. Fans were getting all over James Gunn on Twitter, and he was like, listen, I want you guys to see the teaser too, but the, the VFX are not exactly where I want it to be just yet, so it will, you will see it as soon as it's available to be seen. But... Some interesting things about this one. We've been wondering who Peacemaker star Chuck Woody Awuji would be playing in this film. He is the villain, and the villain is the High Evolutionary, which is something that we talked about during WandaVision and a few other of the MCU shows. And they have revealed that he is the creator of Rocket Raccoon. 
And this movie is meant to focus heavily on the backstory of Rocket. Um, you know, obviously, Will Poulter's Adam Warlock is there. We found out Maria Bakalova is playing Cosmo the Space Dog, which is incredible. But what's your reaction to this being definitively, now it's said, this is the end of the Guardians run in the MCU, and also the fact that this movie will focus heavily on Rocket's backstory. What's your reaction to that? I heard the piece about it was going to be about Rocket first, and I thought that was bananas because you have all these other characters. Gamora is coming back to this one verified in the trailer. Like, hello, last time we saw her, she was giving her life up for the Soul Stone, right? So this is absolutely bananas. And then they started talking about it and reminding everyone, like, you know, Rocket Raccoon was a normal, like, baby raccoon who was experimented on. And then you remember, oh, yeah, like, when you see him in, I don't know if it's Guardians 1 or Guardians 2, but, like, he has a moment where he he kind of breaks down. He's, like, about the the terror and the fear, kind of the memory of what uh, created him, right? And that's why there's a lot of anger built into him, right? Because anger, fear close together so i think that man am i so eager to see this trailer and see how they piece it together uh i'm very excited about this and and distraught that they would decide that this is the last one i don't know if that's contracts or if it's we're gonna lose some people i'm not sure which one it is yeah i think part of it's just like you know James Gunn likes to have an end to his stories in general he just is kind of that kind of guy i think he he wants this to end and i think that they're, they've been around for a long time. They're involved in Infinity War, Endgame, the first two Guardians movies. This will be the third Guardians movie. Like, It's probably time to turn the page on them. But yeah, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. I'm excited about the Rocket backstory. I feel like Rocket's arc, particularly going into coming out of number two, where he built that bond with Yondu, and it was very yeah. clear that Rocket started to sort of understand some of his feelings because of the way that Yondu talked to him about his experiences. Um and then everything they went through, you know, Rocket lost everything during the blip. He lost his whole crew of people, including Groot. Um, so he's really got a, a very compelling story, and we don't even know the whole story. So I think right. that's an exciting way to go. But um, I have to see this trailer immediately. <laughs> like, I cannot wait much longer after hearing the details. So I'll text you because usually they drop this in like the middle of the night. Yeah. So that way it's like ready for every coast in the morning. Right. Uh, so, and since I never sleep, I will, I'll text you. Perfect. Or I'll call you. I'll wake you from a Please, no, honestly, <laughs> please wake me up. Please wake me up because I'm so excited about it. Um, okay, so the next few projects they didn't really add anything new about. Echo, they did say that Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio will appear in their roles. I think we both could have assumed that that would be the case. So Which that's that's pretty impressive because you've got Echo, She-Hulk, and then later on, as we'll talk about Daredevil, Daredevil. Own series. Yeah, that's pretty so, awesome. So Daredevil certainly, and he is a big hero in the comics, no doubt. But they're certainly now that they have the rights and they're they're getting it all back together, um, and they found a place. They're really going to push the Daredevil agenda in the MCU, and I think you and I are both thrilled to hear that because yes. um, that's very exciting. Loki season two, you know, just further confirmation there. The Marvels, Blade, we have release dates for all this stuff, and I'll read them at the very end so that you guys can hear them. The reason I don't freak out about release dates is like the exact date will change. So just just pay attention to years more so than dates because they shuffle stuff around all the time. Like none of right. these actual dates mean anything at this point. Um, Ironheart, 
They didn't add anything new. But interestingly, Agatha, which that series was originally called Agatha House of Harkness, has been renamed to Agatha Coven of Chaos. So that's just an interesting little semantic thing. Not uncommon. We've seen them, you know, change Captain Marvel 2 to the Marvels, She-Hulk to She-Hulk Attorney at Law, um, things like that. So not uncommon. And then we got two new titles that we did not know about. Uh, Daredevil series is officially titled Daredevil Born Again. Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin and Charlie Cox as Daredevil both reprising their roles, and they are signed on for 18 episodes. That show is going to be 18 episodes, and that appears to be only the first season. Um, How thrilled are you about that, Kirk? I mean, that's everything that I could have hoped for. Okay, so I I know I just said that we just had, uh, we're having uh, Charlie Cox in Echo and She-Hulk. We also had him, of course, in No Way Home. Yes. And now he gets a full 18 episode series like he is going to be an absolute like raging important character going forward like to be able to give him to sign him to that is just a a super big nod that they know the power behind that character uh, from the comics alone but the reception from the Netflix series and they're just like I mean they are cashing in on it but they're really um uh, admiring and what's the word I'm investing. looking for? Uh, They're investing, investing heavily in it. Like I'm I'm so proud of them for doing it. Like they rarely make missteps, but it's just such the right path because Charlie Cox is just an absolute incredible uh daredevil, uh absolute incredible Matt Murdock, an absolute incredible uh, actor. And to have 18 episodes to dig into, I mean that's that's more th- I think were the originals only 13 episodes each like, yeah yeah on Netflix so like five more like let's go that's yeah. so perfect it's gonna be it can be it could be really epic and and more Daredevil is never a bad thing I think this is this is a win for the fans they've been pushing hard for this and the payoff is coming and I think that I love Daredevil I think I didn't love Daredevil as much before I started reading the comics but he's such an awesome character in the comics um, this has potential to be something really, really cool. Um, and then finally, ra- rounding out Phase 5, we got an uh, official subtitle for Captain America 4, which is that it will be called Captain America New World Order. Pretty cool title treatment they rolled out for that. Love it. Um, no new plot details or anything there. Uh, same story with Thunderbolts. No new plot details, except they did call out that there will be new characters that we have not previously met. So even though this is a ragtag suicide squad style team of villains that we have um since been acquainted with there will be some of them that we do not previously know in the mcu in this film do you Uh, think is craven part of the thunderbolts in the comics yeah probably at some point right it's certainly it's certainly possible but that's that's sony's spider-man universe and that gets messy i mean i know that they they commune but I don't know. I wonder, or if they're trying to stay as separate as possible until honestly, they I cut think Sony off of the throat. I think Kevin Feige freaking hates Sony. Like, <laughs> I think they they enjoy their actual Spider-Man movie arrangement, but he has to hate what they're doing with Morbius and um, you know, Madam Web and absolutely. He has to hate a lot of that stuff. I don't know that. I mean, Madam Web could still be good. It's not out yet, but I'm just saying, like. Morbius, Craven, Madam Web, like all these obscure movies that are they're rolling out, he, he's got to be like, oh my gosh, these guys. Plus that 
horrific after credit scene situation with Morbius <laughs> was a nightmare for the MCU. I feel like he has to be wanting to throttle them for that vulture I think you just, mess. You just bring Deadpool in to like kill off that Clean version. Clean up the timeline. Like, That's right. That's <laughs> he, right. He pulls in. He's time time sliding again. He's like, Qu- just cleaning up the timeline. Just shooting <laughs> people. Not on my watch. <laughs> Drops Kevin Feige's name, like card. Like that was who He needs to hit. be the official timeline cleaner upper for <laughs> all of the mishaps that, that occur. They just, oh, post credit yes. scene, here comes Deadpool to kill everybody that we didn't actually want in the MCU. Um, <laughs> But that's a wrap on phase five, which will end at the end of or somewhere in the middle of 2024. Then when nobody expected it, Kevin Feige said, let's talk phase six. Okay. And they only talked about three films. One of them being the first film of phase six, which is fantastic Four. which I'm surprised we have to wait all the way till 2025 for fan or 2024. Sorry for fantastic four. But, you know, here we are. They don't have a director. They haven't started filming, so I guess that makes sense. But that's a long way to go. And then he confirmed, and this was the the big barn burner of the evening. Phase 6 and the multiverse saga will conclude with back-to-back Avengers films that will release five months apart. May of 2025 and November of 2025. The first one will be called Avengers the Kang Dynasty. And the final one is Avengers Secret Wars. Um, holy crap. We, it, it's one of these things where, like, you and I have been talking and, and everybody's been talking on the internet. We all have felt like Secret Wars is coming. The, the, you're reading the tea, tea leaves. We all know that it's coming. But still to hear it announced, it's like, oh my gosh, they're actually doing Secret Wars. And and I will I'll, I might post this on social too. If you're like, what the heck is Secret Wars? Why should I care about this? So it's a comic book event similar to Infinity War. Um, that Or Infinity War was a little bit different than what actually happened in the comics. But it's a comic book event and, and probably the most epic, other than Civil War, probably the most notable comic Marvel comic event that's ever happened. Um, You can buy it in trade paperback form, which means it's like a graphic novel. And they also have a secret wars prelude um, trade paperback that you can buy to get totally caught up on it. You got to do it because I feel like it's a crazy story and it just, it's going to tie things together so well, but Kirk, your reaction to back to back Avengers films to end it. And the titles, the Kang dynasty and secret wars. Yeah, I mean, absolutely giving us the Harry Potter treatment of the finale. (laughs) Uh, Here's one. It's the one-two punch, right? Uh, Solidifying that Kang in all the mystery and all of the disconnection that Phase 4 has been. It's like, hey, listen, this is where we're going. You know, there's no question about it whatsoever anymore. And it's very exciting. It just gives you, um, it it makes you honestly look forward to everything in between now a little bit more because you you knew that it all has to connect, even though you're not seeing the physical connections like we did in phase one through three, the Infinity Saga. It tells you that they're absolutely all working towards this. Like, we're not going to like sidebar you and just like change whatever we want and have Modoc be the final <laughs> in the finale of phase six, right? Like, this is where we're going. It's all meant something. They all connect. Look at it all with new eyes. And t- 
to me, that is super spectacular and such a good, uh, you know, olive branch to, to the fans as well. I agree. I think they're, you know, we talked about it extensively last week. There's a lot of pause right now with regard to Marvel because the scale is way down, uh, you know, other than Spider-Man No Way Home ever since Endgame. There's all these new characters. There's all these new shows and things. It feels like a very different Marvel than the one that we had in phases one through three. But for some reason, just seeing the Avengers title in the title card is enough to be like, all right, we're back, baby. Like, yes, there will be more Avengers films. Yes, we can expect a new team um, with some of our faves and and some newbies that we're going to grow to love. But it's like, the Avengers are still this focal point of the multiverse saga of the MCU. There will be big giant event Avengers movies, um, which I think we, we always knew, but we just didn't have confirmation. We're hearing about all these projects and we're like, where are the Avengers? Um, and now we have that answer. So that's exciting. I think what else is exciting is that it's secret wars, which again is a huge event that has insane potential. And I do want to say real quick, because Famously, the Russo brothers said that they would return for Secret Wars. Kevin Feige did tell Deadline that the Russo brothers will not be directing Avengers Secret Wars. So we can go ahead and get that out of there. It'll be somebody different. We do not know who. Um, Similar to how we do not know who's going to direct Fantastic Four. So that's where we're at. But my reaction is they're going to do something similar with Infinity War and Endgame um, here where the Kang Dynasty might be like the we lose, you know, like the Kang Dynasty, let's see what happens when the Avengers lose and Kang's existence and and his vision takes hold. And then Secret Wars is we got to pull it back together and find a way, you know, whether it be time travel, multiverse travel, whatever, we got to find a way out of this thing that Kang has proliferated throughout the multiverse. Um, my other reaction here is like, if we're ending with secret wars, there's a ton of big projects we still don't know about. Right. Tons. Right. Um, and maybe we'll learn a D23, but there's, there's more Kirk and, and you know, we, we, you just, you have to know that there's so much more that's, that has to happen to get ready for secret wars. Um, because when I look at this screen and I'm excited about a lot of this and I will say for my part this makes me more excited about the MCU in general and feel more confident about the MCU going forward but I'm still seeing like we got a lot of ground to cover to get to Secret Wars so I'll be interested to see what else is left so with all of that Kirk and Marvel's full presentation how are you feeling? I'm feeling good I'm feeling really good really really good I think that you know what would be really cool is if they like pull pull this back up in when is D23? Is it in I think it's, it's the September. fall, right? So, so it's like we're a month and a half away, right? Like so it'd be really cool to see them pull phase five back up and be like, oh yeah, we forgot to mention. Boop, 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 and they're like three more in there. Like I feel like that's not out of the question. Yeah. I feel like Doctor Doom's not out of the question of being announced into one of these phase fives. Um I mean, even in Wakanda Forever, even as as a possible, who knows, like end credit scene to like get us ready since Fantastic Four is so far away. I just feel, I feel very good. And I feel like there's, I don't know that we'll get much more past phase six at this point, but I feel like there's some other things that are secretly hiding from us. I agree. And I think we will for sure get more casting details at 
D23. I think that's when they're going to roll out the casting stuff. And I think we, I would be floored if we didn't hear something about X-Men at D23. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Cause the, there, there's some big question marks on here, but that's where we are at with the Marvel cinematic universe <sighs> following San Diego comic-con. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We do have a game. Kirk has cooked up a game. Kirk, I, I, I don't, I don't know what it's called, but I'm ready. I think I'm ready for it before we get out of here. Let's, let's play a game. You know, I don't know that I have a name for this game. I'm going to have to come up with this really quickly. L- let's just call it Christmas in July. Day of recording. Today is July 25th. Yes. You know, often seen as the Christmas of July. And on my little weekend getaway with my wife, uh, it's our 11th anniversary. And we, thank you, thank you. The internet Wi-Fi at our hotel was unfortunately uh, abysmal. It just didn't work. It didn't work. So Obviously. we were... We were trying to stream some stuff. No big deal. It didn't work. Well, there's still a TV, but there's commercials on literally everything except for the HBO channels. But let me tell you what there's not a lot of commercials on. The Hallmark Channel, Cameron. There are very few commercials on the Hallmark Channel. And, you know, if you like Hallmark movies, congratulations. I'm not going to diss on you, but I will say that to the general. We're happy. That's right. To the general public, Hallmark movies are, you know, they they are innately silly. They're tongue-in-cheek a lot of the time. And so what I'd like to do, Cameron, I'm going to read you some names of some movies. Some of them may be real names, real titles of movies. Oh, Lord. And some of them may be fake ones. And they all relate to Christmas because it is Christmas in July. All right. And and (laughs) so just to confirm, are all the ones that are real Hallmark movies? Every movie I'm going to tell you, every real movie is a Hallmark movie. That oh, is wow. correct. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. I think I'm ready. So you, have to, you have to tell me real or fake. Got you. I'm on it. <clears throat> Here we go. The first movie, the first movie title, I should say, because it may not be real, <laughs> is The Christmas Waltz. Oh, that's got to be real. That is correct. Yes. Bravo. I feel like I've seen that on the guide before, and I don't even watch TV. This was the first one that we came across, and we we watched a significant amount of this movie, more than I'd like to admit. (laughs) Oh, because they're doing Christmas in July right now? I was like, why are you watching Christmas films? I get it. It's like the whole whole weekend, like, kick-started Christmas in July uh, for the Hallmark Channel. And because I looked up on IMDb, they have over 170 Christmas films for Hallmark. Over 170. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, I mean, it's insane. I mean, James Vanderbeek has been in this. Oh. Um, Candace Cameron has been in multiple. Um, Winnie from The Wonder Years. Oh, Um, wow. uh, Linda Hamilton of Terminator fame uh, is also in one. (laughs) It's like the graveyard of 80s and 90s uh, (laughs) popular culture. Um, that's that's tragic, but I do I do want to clarify my comment on the I don't watch TV. I do watch an enormous amount of TV. I don't watch TV like real live TV is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm not trying to be one of those people who's like, I don't really watch TV. I'm not that guy. I, I watch obviously an enormous amount of TV. I got you. Are you ready for your next one? I think so. Real or fake? <laughs> <laughs> fake. <laughs> I can't even get it out. Real or fake? It's Christmas, Carol. (laughs) 
as in it's Christmas comma Carol <laughs> question mark <laughs> no no question mark just a oh, comma it's Christmas Carol it's a statement <laughs> oh my gosh is James Vanderbeek in this one <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't know if he's in that one I'm not quite sure Jesse McCartney um <laughs> I gotta go yes that's real I have to say that's real that is correct yes <laughs> And that one I have to see. That one I have to see. Oh man, I'm if I remember correctly, I I um I, I left this one out for you. Which celebrity? Um, I believe that that Carrie Fisher is in. No, it's Christmas Carol. <laughs> Kirk, no, say it ain't so. I'll have to cross check it, but she's in at least one of these. Oh no, yeah. Carrie, why? Yes, it's pretty rough. All right, are you ready for the next one? I think so. The next one is the mistletoe trap. I'm going to go fake, but only because law of averages. Hmm. You would be correct. The mistletoe trap is oh, not. Sorry, I was right. A real. Uh, you, re- you hit fake because you're like, that's a fake That's a move. fake. <laughs> <laughs> one day, I'm going to read you at the end of these all the silly ones that I have. Yes. Um, in case we get to them or not, and then I think we should cast them at some point. We definitely, yeah, we should. We should cast them. We should write the them. The next one. We should write them. Uh, in the same vein of uh, having a name, this is what, the, of the 173, there's so many names, first names, last names, uh, like intertwined into <laughs> the title. It's absolutely yeah. insane. This next one, Holly's Jolly Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to go fake. That's got to be fake. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. This is fake. Uh, I mean, if I didn't know any better, Cameron, I think you're actually a huge fan. I'm a closet Hallmark, a serial Hallmark Christmas movie watcher. Um, You know the entire catalog, all (laughs) all 170. I got to memorize. I have a scratch off poster over here (laughs) and I'm knocking them out one at a time. (laughs) Oh, the next one. A gingerbread romance. Oh, no. Fake. (laughs) I finally got you. That one is real. Oh, no. (laughs) That one is real as the day is long. Is that Christmas Christmas shoes movie with Rob Lowe? Is that a Hallmark one? I don't know. I do not know the answer. It's probably on your list of 170. I need to look up at that immediately. Next one. We're going to go pretty fast here. You ready? Yes. Baby, it's snow outside. <laughs> what? <laughs> Baby, it's snow outside? That's right. No way. There's no way. You are correct. Okay. Fake one. <laughs> like, thank God. That's That doesn't even, that doesn't even rhyme or anything. It's like. <laughs> oh, man. And let's just go for fun. Uh, suddenly Santa. Suddenly Santa. It's like suddenly Susan. Um, right. Or as I like to sing. Suddenly Santa <laughs> is a- standing beside you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say real. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> I mentioned Winnie from the Wonder Years is in one of the films. She is in that one. Suddenly Santa. Her claim to fame. 
<laughs> not Wonder Years, but suddenly Santa. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my goodness. What else can I give you? You're too good at this. This is like, of all the things that I thought that I would trick you on, you are an expert at this, a master. I missed one. A gingerbread romance. Yeah, I know. Your penance, you must watch that. I know, that's that should be my punishment. Like, you don't get any points, but everyone you get wrong, you have to watch the movie. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, saving Christmas Spirit. It's like Saving Private Ryan. It's a right. war movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say real. It is fake. Oh. Got him. Got him. And right. l- let's go one more, and then yeah. I'll tell you some other well, the other one of the real options I could have read to you and some other one of the fake ones that uh, myself and uh, Aubrey, my wife, came up with tonight at dinner. The, the, the final one here that I will allow you to figure out if it's real or not is a dog named Christmas. <laughs> no way. No way, Kirk. I'm, that's baloney. There's no dog named Christmas. Um, that's not real. It's real. What? There is no way. Why would there be a dog named Christmas, Kirk? That doesn't even make sense. All of the Hallmark fans that listen to our podcast on a regular basis are we're screaming behind you. I like, have to I know why the one. dog's name is Christmas. I don't. I don't understand. There's suddenly Santa for the viewers online. There's Winnie. There she is. Killing oh, man. it. How much do you think those pay? I would say. Uh, Almost certainly like, more than I make in a year. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say like 150 yeah. to $200,000 per movie. And I think that's pretty generous because these movies, they're all 90 minutes there yeah. and they're all just get cranked out like so quickly. Like there's one a week, I feel like, um, of a Hallmark movie, right? Yeah. So they're like the old style of the studio. They're like, we must have a new movie every week, and for Christmas we must have ten. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, so, right. I yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I'll have to watch a dog named Christmas to figure out why the dog's name is Christmas. That's the worst name for a dog. <laughs> um, what was the name of the dog in The Simpsons? Santa's little helper. I feel like Santa's that's, little helper. Yeah. That's a better yeah. name than Christmas for a dog. Here are the ones that uh, we that you also could have heard that are actual real titles <laughs> of Hallmark Christmas movies. The first one is The Nine Lives Christmas. Okay. There is not a single cat in the uh, <laughs> no. poster of this. There's not. I don't know what it is. There must be a cat in that movie. There has to there, be. Maybe someone was a cat, got turned into a person. Maybe yes. there's like a royalty situation going on. Um, the Santa incident. That's horrifying. <laughs> uh, catch a Christmas star. Oh, I didn't know where that was going. It was like catch a Christmas predator or something. That's right. To catch, <laughs> to catch a Christmas, a Christmas predator. predator. <laughs> uh, one Royal holiday with uh, famous Broadway actor, Aaron Tveit. Oh, I Aaron Tveit. To, he, he's, yeah. he dabbles in the Hallmark, eh? He does. That one, Aubrey was walking away from it. She was getting ready for the evening, and I was sitting on the couch uh, just like, where's this going? I love it. I know you love Aaron Tveit, so that was tailor-made for you. And finally, the last real one before our fake ones. Romance at Reindeer Lodge. (laughs) That's just lazy. (laughs) That's like like an ad lib, or like a mad lib of, you have to like come up with, it's Christmas themed, and you have to come up with like romance at 
noun place. <laughs> That's yes. so stupid. Oh, speaking of stupid, here are some of my fake ones. I have three left. Okay, let's hear them. I'll be home for Christmas, dot, 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 maybe. <laughs> I'm going to sniff that one out. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, two more. Uh, tangled up in tinsel. No, oh, that's a good one. It's pretty close. Right? I like, I, close. I would have, I might have bit on that one for sure. And finally, eggnog and angels. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's great kirk the fact that you put forth effort to come up with fake movie names just so that i could play a game and laugh hysterically at is it's it's a real testament to your character i respect the and hustle do quite well uh do very well listen so. kirk what can i say i'm a big christmas in july you were you guys were watching it ironically this weekend i was watching it intensely <laughs> there was the comic-con panel was happening and i was scrolling twitter but i was more focused on what was happening you had Hallmark. Two screens, three screens. One was your Twitter on on a monitor that you could yes. control from your phone. Uh, the other was a, was a Marvel movie. <laughs> and the third was actually Hallmark films. Hallmark. It's, it's incredible, the, the lengths that you go to. Just a reminder, everyone, we are on Letterboxd, and you can see Cam update his diary. Make sure you hold him to it for yeah. Romance at Reindeer Lodge. Uh, if it's even a, on there. A dog named Christmas and... I already forgot. What was the other one? Gingerbread oh, Romance. Gingerbread Keep Romance. That gingerbread, gingerbread Romance. romance. How could you? It's the best one of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Letterboxd. That's a good place to figure out what we're watching, how we feel about it. Lots of reviews on there that you won't get on this podcast because Kirk and I watch movies at such a ridiculous clip that we're constantly a watching. Neck pace. Yeah, we're literally breaking our necks. We're watching them so fast. And the, and the reason I'm breaking my neck is because I'm laying like this in my bed watching it on my iPad <laughs> with my AirPods in. Uh, I literally have a crick in my neck from doing that last night. So that's where we're at. Um, but follow us on Letterboxd. Also, if you're like, where was all this Marvel news? How come I didn't see it? If you were following us on Twitter, you would have because I was, I was letting it fly. Just sending them out. I was going absolutely bananas um, on Saturday night. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFB underscore podcast. You can join our Discord channel, um, which we've been a little bit dormant on lately, but what, I want to get that rolling. are you talking about Discord or <laughs> Boo. Discord? <laughs> Boo. Or Discord? Reminder that Discord is free, so you don't have to worry. It's not a subscription service. We never ask you to pay for anything, so don't worry about that. But... We're getting back to non-Marvel content, I promise. Our review of The Gray Man will be dropping this Thursday everywhere you listen to and or watch our podcast, so be able, uh, be ready for that. Watch it on Netflix. It's streaming now. You don't have to wait, um, and you'll be ready to go on Thursday morning when that episode drops. Until then, thank you for listening to this very long episode of Popcorn for Breakfast and all of our Marvel news updates and reactions. If you have thoughts on anything that happened at San Diego Comic-Con, let us know. We want to talk to you about it. Special thank you to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band Rhetoric and Kirk. We will see them next time. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye.